0: so many books, so little time. If you've ever said, I really want to read the Bible, I just can't fit it all in. Welcome welcome to to the the club. club.
1: This is the Bible Book Club. We'll
0: read it to you and help you make sense of the most important book you'll ever read.
1: Hey, Susan, what's the best journey you've ever been on in your life? Gosh, the best journey I've ever been I mean, my adoption journey, as hard as it was, was probably a huge journey learning curve experience where I relied on God. What's the best journey where you
0: learned something that you never knew about yourself? Gosh, that one.
1: Uh, Well, actually coming back from the journey of the adoption because it was in Russia and then thinking I knew how to parent because I had three biological kids and realizing I really didn't know how to parent because now I had two kids that were nine and 13 who had not been parented and kind of really humbling. What do you think got you through that? oh, it was totally the Lord. There was so many times when I really didn't know what I was doing and I was kind of like, okay, God, I know you called me to this. I know that you wouldn't have called me if you didn't think I could do it, but I'm not seeing the path right now. And now on the other side of that, I was called to, to, to be God's tool to save them from an environment that surely would have ended in death. And it wouldn't have happened without God. Oh, yes. Well,
0: I think that that's a really good um, segue into our story today because Jacob is on a journey. Yes. And it certainly wouldn't have turned out that well for him without God.
1: No, and it's 20 years long.
0: So I'm going to catch you guys up on what happened last episode in chapters 29 and 30. And then we're going to get on to this journey of Jacob's. Jacob leaves his home. He saves his life and then he finds a wife. He finds her at the well. He falls in love. Then his uncle Laban tricks him. It's a sister switch. It was a really but dirty has got to be really
1: creepy the next morning to realize you slept with the wrong woman.
0: Well, I wonder how much he had to drink that night because I don't know. <laughs>
1: like,
0: okay. Not really sure he didn't know which girl you slept with, but that's another story. Exactly. <laughs> and then Jacob ends up with two sister wives, but not, at, free. not without a cost. There's 14 years of hard labor he has to do before he gets the woman that he loves, which is actually really sweet, but... but it's only God just like Susan's um, journey of adoption it is only God that gets him out of this mess that he is in here so
1: and that's why he's on this journey because he has to learn to rely on God and we're going to see that in the next few few chapters we're going to see that so we're picking up in chapter 30 and a half we finished in the middle of chapter 30 last week and 31 but before we do that I want to recap the journey of what I call consequences for Jacob because before he can be the man that leads the The nation of Israel, he has got to learn some lessons. We saw how we stole the birthright, He stole the blessing. He's totally self-reliant. He doesn't wait for God. He just, you know, kind of strategizes on what he thinks he needs, he should do. So if you look at the conflict, the conflict. repeating the mistakes of his father of right. the past. He had conflict, sin consequences in the past that he's going to learn. So if you look at his past, what he did before he came to Laban's house and, and the consequence that kind of goes with it, you see God slowly pulling out of him this sin tendency he has. So for example, he had conflict with Esau. He sells food, stew for the birthright. And then when he gets to Laban's house, Jacob is then sold to Leah for food, mandrakes, for a chance to give birth. He has this conflict with Rachel and Leah. Then he had conflict with Isaac. Jacob and Isaac had conflict. Jacob charaded as Esau, tricking Isaac. He then gets to Laban's home and Leah charades as Rachel, tricking Jacob. What goes around, comes around. Exactly. So he has this conflict then with his father-in-law, Leah. Then you look at then Jacob and Esau had more conflict. Jacob stole what he wanted, the blessing, and he gets to Patamaran and Jacob must work for free for what he wants, Rachel. That's like restitution. Yeah, exactly. There's a consequence for everything he did wrong. Then he flees out of fear for Esau because Esau says he's going to kill him after he steals the birthright and the blessing. And then Jacob later is going to have to face his fear and seek forgiveness from Esau to get back into the promised land. We haven't gotten there yet. That one's coming. Then he, Jacob and God had a conflict because Jacob didn't trust God to provide the promise that he was the chosen twin. He stole what he wanted. He gets to Patamaran and he has to work for 20 years for Laban who can't be trusted. He didn't trust God and now he has to work for someone he literally really can't trust. So every consequence matches the sin that was holding Jacob back from being the leader God needed him to be. At this point, Jacob has been working for Laban for 14 years years and has nothing to show for it other than these two wives and children. He's going to hit the wall. He wants out and God agrees with him. But he's going to run into a problem. He has this father-in-law who is so shrewd. He doesn't want to let him go because he sees that God has his favor his hand of favor on Jacob and anything Laban has given Jacob to manage comes back threefold. He's a financial man dream. So Laban doesn't want to let Jacob go, and it's going to be a problem. So continuing in chapter 30, we have six years of provision from God. So 14 years have already been served, and now we're going to get six more. Verse 25. And it
0: came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place and to my own country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me go for you know my service, which I've done for you. And Laban said to him, please stay if I had found favor in your eyes for I've learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Then he said,
1: name me your wages. I will give it. All right, so there may be a reason why this happened at this point, that they mentioned that when Rachel had born her first son. All right, Rachel's first child. The timing of the birth of Rachel's first child and Jacob asking to leave may have significance. At the time, if a woman did not bear a child, she could be discarded or mistreated. If so, her father's family took responsibility for her. So it might be that Laban was using concern for Rachel as a reason to keep Jacob. Up under his thumb. With the birth of Joseph, she has security because we know Jacob loved her. It wasn't necessary, but Laban may have used it. I think Rachel always had security. She was the favored wife, but now that she has a son, it's guaranteed. So Laban can't use that as as an excuse anymore. The other thing I want to point out is Jacob's character. Knowing Laban as he did, having served him for 14 years, it appears that Jacob did some premeditated scheming in this offer. His reply is way too complex for him to have thought of it on the spot. He has nothing but his wives and children to show for his 14 years, yet he has made Laban rich. That's got to be irksome. He knows Laban is selfish and stingy and will not give him the share that is rightly his. So Jacob's solution is, of course, to cut a deal and outsmart his uncle. So So
0: let me go back a little bit on the timeline.
1: So Leah has kids, a lot of kids, right? She has six. And then... And Bilhah and... um, Uh, What's her name? Bilhah and what's the other one's name? The servants. Zilpah. Yeah. They each have two. All by Jacob. All by Jacob. And then Rachel at first can't get pregnant, but then she gets pregnant. Right. So she has Joseph. She's going to have one more and that will put them at 12.
0: So that's interesting. That's a Bible bender. Why he would ask for Rachel to stay.
1: And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said to Laban. So Laban of May said, oh, no, you can't leave me. Because what if you'll, you'll mistreat Rachel if she never has children? And she's my responsibility until she has kids.
0: And then Jacob. Jacob is scheming to try to get what he wants. So they're both kind of like playing each other.
1: Oh, they are always playing each other. Yes, these two come,
0: are cut from the same cloth. Okay, continuing on verse 29. So Jacob said to him, You know how I have served you and how your livestock has been with me. For what you had before I came was little and it has increased a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. And now when shall I provide for my own house? So he said, "'What shall I give you?' And Jacob said, "'You shall not give me anything. If you do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep your flocks. Let me pass through all your flock today, removing from there all speckled and spotted sheep and all the brown ones among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats.'" And those shall be my wages. So my righteousness will answer for me in time to come. When the subject of my wages comes before you, everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the lambs will be considered stolen if it is with me. And Laban said, oh, that it were according to your word. So Laban removed that day, the male goats that were speckled and spotted, all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, everyone that had some white in it and all the brown ones among the lambs and gave them into the hand of his son then he put three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks.
1: Okay, so let me just kind of set the stage here and help us understand this, that this is my perception. So we have Jacob, who has been literally managing all the flocks for Laban. And And he knows them
0: really well. And they have just been increasing and
1: increasing. And so now this problem of Rachel not having a child has been removed, and Jacob was probably strategizing for days. Okay, Rachel has Joseph, I am going to cut a deal with this man, and I'm going to go home with some stuff, because I have been laboring here for a long time and I have no stuff. And for all I know, my parents have died and Esau has all the stuff. Yeah. And, and he's gonna got go this home big poor. family now and he's right. going to take home. I'm, I'm going to go home poor. So I'm, I got to make sure that I get out of here with something. And here's his strategy. The deal. Jacob's wages will be the speckled spotted of which there are less. So he's thinking in his head, I'm going to continue working. I'm going to offer for the less, but I'm going to make sure I get more. But because it's less, this should be a good deal for Laban. The process that Jacob recommends is that he will separate them. God is going to intervene. Although Jacob comes up with this scheme for creating more spots on the animals, we know from 3110, we're going to read that he had a dream that God was going to do it for him. So Jacob is going in with more confidence than we think, because obviously they didn't know a lot about genetics back then. And there's no way he could have like done the calculations of, you know, uh, which, which was the more dominant Speckled or spotted, but they they knew enough. Yeah, and he probably had observed things exactly. that he knew was going to go. Exactly. Out. The problem is, of course, like we said before, you pointed out, the both of them have are manipulative. So Jacob says to Laban, "Let me pass through all your flock today, removing those are speckled or spotted." Of course, Laban's not going to trust him to pass through the flock. So Laban, then it says in thirty first thirty five, so Laban removed that day. Laban did it. Laban's strategy is that he agreed, but Laban has no hold on Jacob anymore. The 14 years are over. He has served his time, but Laban wants to profit from his presence. So of course we see in a few verses, we'll see that even his daughters recognize that he's been fleecing Jacob for 14 years and is now wealthy because of Jacob. Laban is greedy. His daughters know it. Everybody knows it. So Laban alters the process. Jacob says he'll continue to oversee the flocks, but will pass through and remove them. But that very day, Laban takes all of the goats and the brown lambs and gives them to his sons, leaving only the speckled sheep. So he doesn't completely eradicate um, Jacob's opportunity, but he pretty much takes everything but one option, the speckled sheep. And also he doesn't let Jacob do it, which was his suggestion. Exactly, Trust is fundamental in every partnership. Laban does not trust because Laban is not trustworthy himself. And he assumes everyone is like him. Jacob doesn't trust Laban, but he has learned to trust God. So he's going to proceed. He doesn't make a fuss about this. God has told him he's going to make him prosper no matter what Laban does. That's
0: a great point. Whenever you feel like you're being mistreated in business or in any other situation, you just have to know that you're trusting God. You're on the path that he has and just... Let's not make some drama. Mm -hmm. Let's just go and know that God's going to take care
1: of it. Now, this next part, I have to say, Jacob manipulates a little bit what God has promised. So he does make some drama. There's some commentaries, you know, we don't know why. Jacob goes to, was it show? Was it, you know, cultural tradition that he does all these goofy things, like points him towards these sticks? Like that's going to do anything. we, We don't really know. But it is a little bit of a you know, hocus pocus going on that was it for show, or was it really because Jacob thought he was really doing something important when God had already promised he was going to do it for him.
0: Okay, well let's see what all Susan is talking about here in verse 37. Now, Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar and of the almond and chestnut trees, peeled white strips in them and exposed the white which was in the rods. And the rods which he had peeled, he set before the flocks in the gutters, in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink, so that they should conceive when they Came to drink. So the flocks conceived before the rods, and the flocks brought forth streaked, speckled, and spotted. Then Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face toward the streaked and all the brown of the flock of Laban. But he put his own flocks by themselves and did not put them with Laban's flock. And it came to pass whenever the stronger livestock conceived that Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters that they might conceive among the rods. But when the flocks were feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. Thus, the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks, female and male servants, and camels
1: and donkeys. All right, so Jacob's interfering manipulations. The rods from different trees had nothing to do with Jacob's success. The only strategy here that would have helped was mating the stronger livestock rather than the feebler stock, which he gave to Laban. So that, that does make sense.
0: Don't you think that had to be something of his experience working with these flocks, which yes. Laban did not have? Laban didn't know how to do do
1: it. or Laban just. Didn't didn't know he was doing that, you know, because Laban was totally, you know, obsessing more on the color and the spots and everything, but but uh Jacob was improving his chances by seeing a weak goat saying, I'm not gonna mate that one. That was gonna end up with, with Maybe
0: Laban. maybe the thing of peeling all of the the reeds were was to throw Laban off. So Laban wouldn't Could notice be. that Could he be. was doing that. Yes.
1: We don't know. Yeah, because that's kind of crazy. The bottom line is, God was the reason for the blessing. God had made Abraham wealthy, and he was doing the same for Jacob in preparation for this growing into a nation. Jacob added work to God's promises. It is a bad habit he has, but again, maybe he was just thro- trying to throw Laban off. However, for us, sometimes we make God's plans more complicated than necessarily. Oh, I definitely do. And that. do we need to do that? Human schemes to accomplish God's promises just make the process messy. Did you do that with your adoption or did you just trust? I did not do that. I I can pretty honestly say I did not do that with my adoption. That was really a God thing in my life. Like I said, I just, the whole way it happened with my husband, it's a whole nother story. People can read that on my blog. There's lots of stories about that from the past on my blog, but yeah, it was, it was, The Lord opening my husband's heart, the Lord, the way he brought those kids to us, the Lord, the way he changed my heart about them being the exact same age of my kids. That was all us just leaning into the Lord and saying, "Okay." And and in there is a great story about Hebrews 11, which is the Hall of Fame, which is it. That's the point where that Hebrews 11 became so such a big deal to me. Mm -hmm. So y'all have to read that story on there. But okay, Jacob has finally come into his own wives, check Sons, check. Wealth, check. Faith, check. Lessons learned from past mistakes. Check, check, check. We are going to move on. Jacob's journey of consequences is complete. It's time to return to the promised land and the promise that God has for him, that he will become a great nation. God calls Jacob. God keeps his
0: promises. Exactly. Chapter 31. Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taken everything our father owned and has gained all his wealth from what belonged to our father. And Jacob noticed that Laban's attitude toward him was not what it had been. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives and I will be with you.
1: If this were a movie, you could just see Laban starting to freak out that his profitability was sifting through his hands like he couldn't catch it anymore. He Laban knew Jacob was slipping away. The combination of Laban's cheating by taking almost all the spotted and outright lying that Jacob had taken Laban's wealth made it clear that Laban was becoming dangerously greedy and desperate. Therefore, Jacob needed to leave quickly. The courage to go. I just want to point out this little parallel because it's a good us and us between Abraham, Re- Rebecca, and Jacob. All were called to leave comfort and face the unknown. For Jacob, who's going home, the unknown, like you would think, oh, well, he's just ready to get out of there and go home. But remember, he's got this unknown battle ahead of him. Esau is at home. And will Esau receive him or will he fight him? And so this wasn't just a great, like, I'm out of here. Bye, Laban. Yippee, we get to go. There was still a lot of trepidation facing him in Okay, yeah, I get to go, but what am I going home to? Am I facing more of a battle with Esau than I have with La- the safety of Laban? Laban's mm-hmm. gonna, Laban's gonna manipulate me and abuse me financially, but he's not gonna kill me. Um, The same goes for us. I am always amazed when people are called overseers to missions and live in really difficult places. But even in our everyday walks of life, we're called to do things that are that are tough. And we have to have the courage to do them wherever we are.
0: Those are hard choices. Sometimes, you know, even if you're standing behind somebody in the line at Starbucks and God tells you to say something to them or invite them to church or or something like that. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, no, they're going to think I'm weird. Yeah, they're going to do that.
1: Yeah. Courage. Well, Jacob, Rebecca and Abraham. Abraham were all very courageous, and they're good examples to us of just do it, just do it. Verse four.
0: So Jacob sent word to Rachel and Leah to come out to the fields where his flocks were. He said to them, I see that your father's attitude towards me is not what it was before, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have worked for your father with all my strength, yet your father has cheated me by changing my wages 10 times. However, God has not allowed him to harm me. If he said the speckled ones will be your wages, then all the flocks gave birth to speckled young. And if he said the streaked ones will be your wages, then all the flocks bore streaked young. So God has taken away your father's livestock and has given them to me. In breeding season, I once had a dream in which I looked up and saw that the male goats matching with the flocks were streaked, speckled, or spotted. The angel of God said to me in a dream, Jacob, and I answered, Here I am. And he said, Look up and see that all the male goats mating with the flock are streaked, speckled, or spotted, for I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar, and where you made a vow to me. Now leave this land at once and go back to your native land.
1: I like this little scene because I think it shows us just the family life. You know, Jacob was very careful to go to his wives. I'm about to ask you to leave your father and I want you to understand why. And I hope that you're with me on this and there's unity in the family and the wives all get it. Their dad has not been fair. It's time to go. And I just like that we have that little kind of scene in front of us of, okay, yeah, this was a unified family decision. And um, and I think it helped Jacob too in just knowing that it was time.
0: Well, I think it reveals something too because before this when i was just reading about him trying to scheme and deceive and peel the reeds in a weird way so that he could make the flocks a certain way i thought he was scheming uh-huh. but really it sounds like actually he had there just heard from the lord and he knew that this is what god had for him yes why did he do that stuff it 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 has to be that he was trying to distract laban because he didn't if he knew that god was going to give him the speckled and striped he didn't need to do anything i i just
1: love jacob cuz sometimes i think I'm a little bit like I'm in that Jacob had a lot of energy and a lot of um, resourcefulness. And and so he just always did more. It's like he gave more. Like I, I'm i going to add to, sometimes we just don't need to add to what God, but this is the verification, like you said, that he had this dream. He knew what to do. He just added to it. Now we're going to have a little, coming up next little scene, Rachel's going to stumble here. And and this is again, an insight into the family and their personalities and, and possibly why God saw something in Leah that, Jacob didn't. Jacob was very attracted to Rachel's beauty. God was very attracted to to Leah's heart. Mm. And so here we see just a little taste of Rachel's spiritual maturity was just not quite where her sister's was.
0: Verse 14, then Rachel and Leah replied, do we still have any share in the inheritance of our father's estate? Does he not regard us as foreigners? Not only has he sold us, but he has used up what what has been paid for us. Surely all the wealth that God took away from our father belongs to us and our children. So do whatever God has told you. Then Jacob put his children and his wives on camels and he drove all his livestock ahead of them, along with all the goods he had accumulated in Pidan Aram to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. When Laban had gone to shear his sheep, Rachel stole her father's household gods. Moreover, Jacob deceived Laban the Aramean by not telling him he was running away. So he fled with all he had, crossed the Euphrates River and headed for the hill country in Gilead.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the the girl's reaction, Rachel and Leah's reaction. And there's this thing called the Nuzi tablets. They're actually uh, tablets that were discovered in modern day Iraq, near Mesopotamia, and they parallel and illuminate biblical accounts of the patriarch. So they're really cool. That point I mentioned a little while ago about Rachel being her father's responsibility, kind of in case she was rejected by her husband for not producing an heir, which she did mm-hmm. with Joseph. It actually came from cultural traditions in these Newtsey tablets. And the girls, the, the way, what the girls are responding to right here is referencing their inheritance which was called the bride price. Which we gain a better understanding of from these tablets. And the bride price was paid by the husband's family. Jacob, in this case, like a dowry, mm-hmm. but but from the husband's family. So they had to
0: pay. They they're basically so buying their wife.
1: A, a, a girl was valued for her ability to produce. Yeah, the husband's family would pay the bride price. That was the price for mm-hmm. the bride, and it was the bride price was supposed to be held in trust in the event it was needed to provide for the wife if she were abandoned or. Or widowed, Abandoned because she didn't produce an heir or widowed. So Jacob was, to, was supposed to pay to Laban a price for these two girls. What he did instead, he because he didn't have he the price, worked for all the he worked for years. seven years. Oh, seven so, years. Seven years each. And so then the, another seven years. Right. So the equivalent of his wages for those 14 years should have been set aside for Rachel and Leah, they would have been there, and that would have been. Oh, their that's what they meant by
0: "Well, he spent all of it anyway." Correct. So we'll Apparently, just
1: take it. Laban didn't do that. He didn't set aside. He was greedy. So, and because Jacob never received wages, his labor benefited Laban, not the girls. So it's as if the girls were sold to Jacob, more like a slave than a beloved daughter of a well-to-do family. So the girls have really transferred. Their affection from their father to Jacob, they see that Jacob is a man to be honored and obeyed and revered instead of their father. Now Rachel's retaliation—there's a reason for this—to steal the household god, god. So what is that all about? Again, according to the New Sea Tablets, the idols were handed down from father to the principal heir of the family, a son usually. Possession of the gods could be accepted and interpreted that the deceased father had intended the possessor to be his heir. So let me explain that. If you have these, you hold on to this because they didn't have wills per se, always, or whatever you, I'm going to give this to you because you're my chosen heir. And if I die, bringing this forth would be proof that I chose you as my heir. In any case, Rachel stealing these household gods, whatever they were, it gave her claim to her father's property in the future. Not that she was ever going to go back there. I mean, they're traveling miles away, but, but she felt like, okay, if anything ever happens and I need to go back and claim the property, I'm going to steal these because he didn't give us what we should have, we should have had. Now, what does this reveal about her character she's not scared of her dad no and she needs further (laughs) development because she's not really trusting God at this point. She feels like she needs the insurance. She's going to intervene. And, you know, here we go. The sins of the parents pass on to the children. She has a lot of her father in her. She's jealous, greedy, and scheming. (laughs) All of those things. She's jealous of her sister despite Leah's suffering and loneliness. She's jealous of Leah's son's mandrakes, the fruit. She's controlling and manipulative like Laban. She uses Jacob and sells him for the mandrakes. And then she schemes to get the inheritance herself by stealing Laban household gods so it's just a little aside of Rachel's character we always you know talk about well why did God choose one over the other why does he choose Leah over Rachel why does he choose you know um Jacob over Esau there's just little things in there and um because God knows what's in your heart he and he's gonna what's in their bless their heart. And, and the and ones he... whose heart
0: are yearning after him that's why David is a man after God's own heart he's not perfect and this is several several seasons of Bible book club exactly later. <laughs> but, when we get to David yeah, he's a man after God's own heart. He sins and he does terrible things, but God knows his
1: heart. Right. Right. And he uses everyone. He uses all people, but some he gets to use a little bit more because of their heart. All right. Father-in-law face-off is what is going to happen next in Genesis 31. Jacob is making a run for it. And it did say there that he, he, uh, he deceived Laban. So again, is he justified because Laban and the sons were getting combative? Probably. Was he commanded by God? Yes. Was he supportive? by Rachel and Leah who clearly see that Jacob is God's chosen and Laban is getting in the way. Yes. He makes a run for it. He did deceive his father-in-law. Was that right? I don't know. What would have happened if he stood up to him? Who knows? Now, pressure on the run. This scene, this next scene had to be really intense for Jacob. I have to wonder if he was triggered because 20 years ago, he had to flee from Esau. And here he is again on the run. The poor guy is probably thinking, man, am I ever going to be able to roam the earth without fear? But at that time, it was only for himself that he had to fear. When he ran from Esau, it was literally only for his own life. Remember? Remember, he has wives now. He has a lot of kids. We know how many sons he has and one daughter, but I have to imagine there were other daughters in there. And he has flocks. Would Laban pursue? That's a lot of responsibility. It is. Jacob had to know he would pursue and that he would catch up because you don't move fast with all that stuff. <laughs> would there be a scene? Would there be physical coercion? How would he stand up to Laban? I feel for I feel for Jacob in this. I feel that he, he has a lot of pressure on the run. How? However, our great and good God is going to intervene.
0: I'm also thinking about how interesting it is that it's like it's coming around full circle for him. He ran from Esau. Now he's running Running from from Laban Laban. to Esau. And he still doesn't know, like you said earlier, how he's going to be received.
1: And, and is that, again, part of God's plan? Does he like to keep Jacob on the edge? Because Jacob's going to strategize about everything ad infinitum. And so if Jacob doesn't know what's going to happen, it does keep him. He's, God is trying to make Jacob dependent on him. And God does that with us all the time. God will
0: allow you to go through certain struggles and trials. And it's not like people always ask, well, why did God let this happen? He, It's not like he's up there going, I'm going to strike them with this. He's just allowing different situations in your life to grow you because he knows that it's going to be better for you later. Correct. And that's what he's doing with Jacob now. All right. God intervenes. Verse 22. On the third day, Laban was told that Jacob had fled, taking his relatives with him. He pursued Jacob for seven days and caught up with him in the hill country of Gilead. Then God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream at night and said to him, "'Be careful. Do not say anything to Jacob, either good or bad.' Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country of Gilead when
1: Laban overtook him and Laban and his relatives camped there too. God had promised in chapter 28, verse 15, I am with you, Jacob, and will watch over you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. He delivered on that promise by prevailing upon Laban that he must respect Jacob's decision to leave and not say anything, which Laban, of course, doesn't obey. And Laban proceeds (laughs) next with four questions and five accusations. I do think it's funny, that God says to Laban specifically, don't say anything. And then he does read on (laughs)
0: verse 26.
1: Then Laban said to
0: Jacob, what have you done? You've deceived me and you've carried off my daughters like captives in war. Why did you run off secretly and deceive me? Why didn't you tell me so I could send you away with joy and singing and music? As if he would. <laughs> trembles and harps. You didn't even let me kiss my grandchildren and my daughters goodbye. You have done a foolish thing. I have the power to harm you. But last night, the God of your father said to me, be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Now you've gone off because you long to return to your father's household. But why did you steal my gods? Jacob answered Laban, "'I was afraid because I thought you would take your daughters away from me by force.' But if you find anyone who has your gods, that person shall not live in the presence of our relatives. See for yourself whether there is anything of yours here with me. And if so, take it. Now, Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the gods. So Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the tent of the two female servants, but he found nothing. After he came out of Leah's tent, he entered Rachel's tent. Now, Rachel had taken the household gods and put them in her camel's saddle and was sitting on them. Laban searched through everything in the tent, but found nothing. Rachel said to her father, "Don't be angry, my lord, that I cannot stand up in your presence. I'm having my period." So he searched, but could not find the household gods. I love
1: that it's my time of the month turn. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> so to gonna use best it to the my... <laughs> This is Jacob's turn to get angry. He may have been provoked by his overprotectiveness of Rachel because you're going to see all of a sudden he, Jacob's going to get really mad. And again, I think it's because he's just super overprotective of Rachel. It's like. He okay, loves her so he just, much. Yeah, he he responds with three angry questions and a litany of all he suffered at the hands of his father-in-law. And you know, he had so much fun venting this, but he's going to let him have it. Well, it's a good thing it didn't go a different way since he said he was going to
0: have to kill the person who took the gods.
1: Yeah. Okay. So just an aside on that, nothing comes of that. And that's interesting. It's interesting. Nothing comes. That just really, really of means of it, that which, God was
0: blessing him. Well,
1: and it makes me believe that they weren't like, I don't know what kind of idols were they, but cause you'll see in Joseph's, Scene, Joseph does plant a little trick. Which Joseph is that, the, do, the son that, of j- Jacob and Rachel. Yes. So we're gonna see this little trick played forward um,
0: in a bit. Verse 36. Jacob was angry and took Laban to task. What is my crime? He asked Laban. How have I wronged you that you hunt me down? Now you've searched through all my goods. What have you found that belongs to your household? Put it here in front of your relatives and mine. Let them judge between the two of us. I have been with you for 20 years now. Your sheep and goats have not miscarried, nor have I eaten rams from your flocks. I did not bring you animals torn by wild beasts. I bore the loss myself, and you demanded payment from me for whatever was stolen by day or night. This was my situation. The heat consumed me in the daytime, and the cold at night, and the sleep fled from my eyes." It was like this for 20 years while I was in your household. I worked for you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flocks and you changed my wages 10 times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen my hardship and the toil of my hands, and last night he rebuked you.
1: So we have the period card, and now we have Mm -hmm. the God card. And the God card always trumps, and there is nothing Laban can argue about. Because you can't argue with God, especially as he's reminded that God told him not to say anything to Jacob knowing that he did, Laban may be backpedaling here because Laban knows I did say something to Jacob. And yes, now that he puts it all out there, I haven't been very fair. Verse
0: 43, Laban answered Jacob, the women are my daughters, the children are my children, and the flocks are my flocks. All you see is mine. And yet what can I do today about these daughters of mine or about the children they've born? Come now, let's make a covenant, you and I, and let it serve as a witness between us. Backpedal. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. He said to his relatives... Gather some stones. So they took stones and piled them in a heap, and they ate there by the heap. Laban called it Jagar Saduatha, and Jacob called it Galid. Laban said, This heap is a witness between you and me today. That is why it is called Galeed. It was also called Mispah, because he said, May the Lord keep watch between you and me when we are away from each other. If you mistreat my daughters, or if you take any wives besides my daughters, even though no one is with us, remember that God is a witness between you and me. Laban also said to Jacob, here is the heap and here is the pillar I've set up between you and me. This heap is a witness and the pillar is a witness that I not go past this heap to your side to harm you and that you will not go past this heap as a pillar to my side to harm me. May the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor and the God of their father judge between us.
1: All right, here we hear Laban answering Jacob, kind of whining a little, but oh, these kids. Are mine. You didn't let me kiss them. You were just going to steal them away. This is Laban's loss. And what he has lost in his dealings with this family is he has lost the respect, even of his daughters, not just of Jacob, but his daughters to the point that they are even behind their husband in leaving their father because of the way he has dealt with them. Laban's loss is Jacob's gain. Jacob has gained the respect of these girls, his wives, and in front of his sons, who at this point we don't know how old Reuben is, but they could have been old enough to understand what was going on that they had to leave and even though their grandfather was mad, this had to happen because he wouldn't he wouldn't give them up in a, in a good way, in an honorable way. So Laban's loss is Jacob's gain.
0: And that's the result of living a life the way that Laban lived, where you yeah. scheme and deceive everyone.
1: Okay, so let's analyze this agreement. Laban's request is treat the girls well and don't take any more wives. Custom for this was also found in the Newtsi documents, which protects the rights and status of Laban's daughters. So was he saying that possibly because he just wanted them to have a great life and always be honored? Or was he saying it because he was protecting his own like future knowing that this man is called to be lead a nation, you know, kind of protecting himself? So so that was Laban's request. Now, Laban's promise is, I'm not going to cross this boundary, nor am I going to harm you, Jacob. This is a formal separation of their camps and really speaks to their herds too. That, okay, we're finally separating your stuff from my stuff and I'm not going to try to take your stuff anymore and you don't try to take my stuff.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't just, I'm not going to take your stuff. You don't cross this boundary right. either. He he was backed into a corner, but also he knew
1: that Jacob could come and really do harm to him too. Exactly Because he knew- Jacob was going to be a great nation. So yeah. it's kind of like, It was okay. self-preservation. Exactly. Like I
0: wanted to believe when, when I was reading that, that he really cared for his, for his daughters girls. and he's yeah. trying to, mm, probably no, not. I
1: don't think so. I don't give him that. Now I want to talk about this Mizpah benediction because I had heard this a lot of times. A lot of pastors say this. May the Lord keep watch between you and me when we are away from each other. This is often used by pastors as a blessing or benediction. However, its original use here is not positive. It was an expression of mistrust. Laban doesn't trust Jacob out of his sight and Jacob does not trust Laban. Going forward, neither of them will know what the other is up to and God will have to be their witness. When a person can't trust another person, they tend to want to control. Laban and Jacob have been in battle for control and they are going to have to let God have the control. So they're kind of saying, oh may God, watch over what's happening between us. And he's our witness that you better live live up to this. It's so funny that people use this as a positive, sweet thing when it's taking it out of context. And that is one of the reasons
0: that you really can't just read a verse of the Bible. Correct. I mean, I think it's really great, like the Version Bible and all the verse of the day. It is good because there are people that read the Bible and wouldn't read it otherwise, but you can't just read the verse of the day and understand the context yeah. of anything.
1: And really, those words are really sweet. May God watch over you while you're away from me. But in this context, they weren't. May God be a witness between us that you're doing what you're supposed to do because I won't be able to see you. Right. And
0: honor also was a really important thing to Jews that, that they would do the right thing and do what they said they were going to do. So it's basically him going, well, you said it. So now you You have to do it. You said you wouldn't take
1: other wives. So you better not take (laughs) other wives. I'm not going to be there to make sure you don't take other wives So Yeah. It's funny. These two are so funny.
0: All right. Continuing on in verse 53. So Jacob took an oath in the name of the fear of his father Isaac. He offered a sacrifice there in the hill country and invited his relatives to a meal. After they had eaten, they spent the night there. Early the next morning, Laban kissed his grandchildren and his daughters
1: and blessed them. Then he left and returned home. This is the end of Jacob's Journey of Consequences it's over. He has learned. He has paid his dues. He has served a very disagreeable master, Laban, um, and he has learned to trust God, to deal with others fairly, to work hard for what he wants, because if you don't do that, you're going to get it back. And however, his transformation is not quite complete. Next week, the journey to his future begins and Jacob must build a nation through his sons. And there's a couple, just one little thing he's got to learn from God before that happens. So here we are at the end of this journey.
0: He's going to have another journey continuing. But at the end of your journey, Susan, what were you thinking? What was going through your head at the end of that adoption journey? Oh gosh, is a
1: journey ever over with children? Never. Um. I think at the end of that journey of adopting the kids and then going through the you know years of kind of working unraveling everything that happened to them in Russia and seeing them integrated in the family, I learned most that I am adopted by God. That God had one biological son. That was Jesus, and and He chose us to adopt us. And that is a a love of choice. And it's hard. It's hard. It's it's. It's it's hard to work through, you know, to graft someone into your family and to to understand that they had another past and to kind of work through that and then to see them grow. And I think the biggest lesson at the end of the journey was for me in understanding how God loves me um, with all my mistakes and everything. I I don't think I'm explaining it right, but
0: no, I think you are, because that is the whole thing about the Bible. You don't have to be perfect. We've said this a million times. And love is a choice. But God's going to accept you no matter what, and he's going to keep his promises, and you just have to trust that he has you on that journey. And and yes, you said that the journey is never over because you still have those kids and they're always a part of you, but you were a part of changing
1: history. Yeah. And the fight may have been messy. Oh my gosh. But a good fight. I look at where they are. I look at their lives. I look at what God's doing in their lives. And I think. You,
0: you have them on a different path than they would have. Not you. God does. But you were the vehicle for that.
1: Correct. And that is just a gift. And the same thing was true of Jacob. And um, I mean, he's about to go down a different path right now next yeah, week. But he
0: was the vehicle for those. Because imagine if those daughters had stayed with Laban and had never gone with Jacob. It would be a whole different patriarchal story. Yeah. What's a club without friends? If you're enjoying the Bible Book Club, why don't you share it? And then you can say, Welcome, welcome to, to the, the club. club.